0: Let's pray. Our Father is the last Sunday of November 2023, as you know, as you have given it. And it seems that life continues as busy as sometimes it is, the world seems chaotic with what is going on in the Middle East and in Ukraine, with Russia, and here on our continent, in various places, parts of the DRC and the Central Africa Republic. And sometimes, Lord, the unrest just at our doorsteps, here in Ghana, there in northern Nigeria. And sometimes, Lord, we have wondered, where are we going and where is our world going? And so this morning, we want to know a bit of that and want to quieten our spirits, our souls, and just hear you, Lord of the world, creator of all things. Sovereign Lord, you who do not lose control, we come. We come before you that our ears might be open to you, our hearts enlightened, that we may hear you speak, not just to build up our knowledge about you, but to know you and be changed, and to know you through our Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, please, Lord, grant that you will reduce the restlessness and take away the restlessness in our souls that before you, we will be able to hear what you have to say to us this morning. And so please say it as your servants listen. Through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I've made an observation, which is that Ghanaians, Ghanaians like football, Nigerians too, what the Americans call soccer. I'm not sure why they call it soccer, but it's football. <laughs> Keith will have a word with me afterwards. But Ghanaians seem to be more familiar with the EPL, the English Premier League, than they are with the GPL, the Ghana Premier League. Uh, Does it still exist? Still exists. Everybody seems to know something about the EPL. They know the names of the players, but they struggle to know the name of a Ghanaian player who plays locally, unless maybe they play what we call professionally. As if playing locally is not professional. I mean, they play internationally. And so let me ask you a question. For those of you who love football or soccer, what is the slogan, the most famous slogan for Liverpool? Liverpool, you will never walk alone. Are there Liverpool fans here? You, well, who said yes? Yes. How about Chelsea? My United So let's keep that in mind as we listen to God's word. You will never walk alone. Let me flip that just a little bit. You should never walk alone. You should never walk alone. Now the Bible makes it clear to us that we are saved as individuals. When you came to the Lord, you came to the Lord because you believed. You heard the gospel. Believed, repented, turned to Christ, and Christ gave you himself. And you were saved from God's judgment that is coming. The wrath of God that is waiting to be poured. You were rescued by faith in Jesus from this wrath of God. When we say that you have been rescued from hell, that is basically what we are talking about. The holy wrath of God that is ready to be poured out to a world that has turned its back on the holy God. By faith in Jesus, you were rescued and you were saved as an individual. But when you were saved as a person, you were united with Jesus. And that is what we've been talking about, about what it means to change What it means to be transformed. How do we change as Christians? How are we transformed? And we say that we are transformed on the basis from the roots that we are united with Jesus. By faith we become one with Jesus. But here is the thing. Not only that. But because we are united with Jesus by faith in him, we are united with other Christians as well. That is it. If you look at me and you don't like me, I'm sorry, but you are united with me. And you are united with me for good. Amen. 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 For all eternity. Christians are saved, my brothers and sisters, this way. When God rescued you, he took your life and united it with that of Jesus. And that is how we are saved. When we are saved, it's not like Jesus stands somewhere and he gives us salvation and we have a ticket to heaven. He gives you himself. Salvation is that God gives you himself by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. But not only that, he gives you other Christians who are also saved such that our lives are knit together. And it is global. It is everywhere. You have brothers and sisters in Papua New Guinea. And the United States. And India. But how do we actually feel it? I have somebody who understands what I'm trying to say. How do we really understand this and see its expression? It's in the local church. Here in this little local church and other local churches... If we are true believers in Jesus, as individuals, as we sit in our chairs, in reality, spiritually, we are united with one another. We are connected with one another. We have become one body. And so when we talk about our transformation, that is our becoming like Jesus, when we talk about that, it is not only individual. It is not only me and how I become like Jesus. It is in community like this. We are transformed together. And so my sin is not just my sin, my sin is the sin of the church. My transformation is not just my transformation. Hopefully, it carries along and it is because of the transformation of the community. So, when we don't stay away from fellowship, it is not because of social gathering. It is because together, gathered or scattered, we are being transformed together as one, the body of Christ. You cannot be a Christian in isolation. You cannot be a Christian on your own and sit behind TV and just watch the sermons and think that by that you are actually growing. Even watching the sermons on TV tells something. Because somehow you believe that you need to hear what others are hearing. Somehow you are connected. That is within our nature. If you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, you belong to a body. You don't create that belonging. We are given that unity. It is the unity of the spirits which the Bible calls us to maintain, not to create it. We are given that. It is in Jesus. Our transformation is a transformation of a community, of all of us together. And so, when Paul is speaking to the Christians in Ephesians, which we're going to look at this part in a minute, when he is speaking to them, he is not primarily addressing them as individuals, he is addressing them as a body, as one. He's addressing them as a community. Yes, it has implications for every individual. So how would we be transformed together? Let's get practical. How would we be transformed or changed together? What kind of change are we talking about? And what role has every individual here to play? If you are in Jesus by faith, How are we transformed together? Let me tackle that question. And the kind of change that we are talking about here. This is how it happens. This is how it happens, my brothers and sisters. It begins with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. So, Jesus gave gifts to the church. Now, you might think, really? The ascended Christ gave gifts to the church. How are we transformed? The ascended Christ gave gifts to the church. So let me read a portion for you. Verse 7 to verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. To each of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Now I'll come back to verse 8, but you hold on to it. So let's stick with what it's actually saying. He's saying that Christ who descended and then later ascended to the place that is higher than the whole heavens, he gave gifts to his church. He gave gifts to his church. To what end? Why did he give these gifts to his church? We'll come to it. That when Christ ascended, when he has accomplished, he had accomplished everything, he then gave gifts by the Spirit. the church. He poured out gifts onto the church. Every individual in it. And as a community. And it's different gifts. Different gifts that Christ himself determined. Now I know we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But I tell you that it is linked in every way. He has ascended and then he has given us gifts. And he tells us that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, The pastors or shepherds and teachers. Different gifts. They're very similar in some ways. But they are all different. The apostles, as we know, don't think of the apostles today for now. Just hold on. Don't argue yet. Just think of it in terms of what the scriptures are saying to the Ephesians that he was writing to. They were being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. These leaders who would teach them Christ's word so that the church is built on that. They were, if you like, the pioneers. The pillars around which Christ was building his church. But the prophets, they are similar, but the prophets are different. The spokespersons for God. In that, there were people who would take the same God's word, but they would declare it into a particular culture, at a particular place, in time and history, in a particular circumstance, towards a particular thing. And then they will call God's people to respond. If you want to know that you see that in the Old Testament, that the prophets were always calling the people back to the law, back to the Torah and said, you are not obeying. Respond, otherwise God is going to act in a particular way. They were speaking prophetically, but the same word. The evangelists will go and, in a sense, in in the church and outside of it, they will gather God's people. They will proclaim the good news and gather them and call people to respond to Christ. And the pastors, the shepherds, teachers, some people separate the two pastors, teachers, others put them together. We don't want to go into that for now. But the point is clear, isn't it? There are people who are tendering the sheep by God's word. They are caring for it. They are nurturing it. Diverse gifts given to the church. And this is not exhaustive. It is not the whole gift there is to be known in God's people. But he's telling us something. He has given us diverse gifts. He gave to the church diverse gifts for a reason. We will come to it. But Christ has ascended. This is his body. This is his people. And then he pours out gifts on them by his spirits the question is why why would he do such a thing after all in ephesians chapter 1 we are told that the church is blessed we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ what else do we lack we have every blessing in jesus and then we are told isn't it With all the in Christ and through Christ that we are united with Christ. If you are united with Christ, what else do you need? The church has everything. And so why would you pour gifts on the church? What for? What are we going to use it for? And this is the reason. Christ gave gifts to the church so that through those gifts, the church will become like Christ. The church will become what the church is, the body of Christ. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you, listen to what he says, to live a life worthy, a life worthy of the calling you have received. What is he saying? He's saying that as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to become what you are, be what you are. You are the body of Christ. Express it. Live it. Be that in this world. And that is why Christ gave his gifts. The reason the ascended Christ gives gifts to his church is so that the church will grow to become more and more like Christ. It is intentional that I'm repeating this and emphasizing it in different ways because I know where we are coming from. And I know we love to fight about gifts of the spirits and create confusion for the church. Whatever you perceive of the gift of the Spirit, please understand this. Christ, the ascended, exalted King, he by his Spirit pours out gifts on us so that the gifts are only a means to an end. We, through the gift he gives and the enabling power of the Spirit, we will become like Christ together as a community. It doesn't matter the kind of gift you perceive yourself to have. You've got to get that understanding. Your gift is for the building of the body so that the body becomes what it's supposed to be. Namely, the Lord Jesus Christ. How am I saying this? Look at verse 12. Verse 12. He gave gifts... And these gifts to equip equip the saints, he says, to equip every individual member of the body for the work of ministry. Every individual member, these gifts are given so that as I apply my gift, as you apply your gift, as they applied their gifts, every part of the body begins to work and begins to function. It begins to grow to become what it is supposed to be. In fact, in reality, there should be no passive church member if they are truly believers. There shouldn't be passive Christians within the body of Christ. You play your role as we are built. At verse 12 again. Why did he give gifts? For the building up of the body of Christ, he says. For the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13. Why did he give gifts? That we attain oneness. Oneness in the faith. What faith? The faith in our Lord Jesus Christ when we believe the gospel. That we are grounded together in the essentials of the gospel of Jesus. That for that one we do not disagree. We do not disagree that Christ Jesus lived, died and was raised from the dead on our behalf. He died the death we should have died. He lived the life we should have lived but could not live. So that Hopefully we don't disagree on that. That apart from Jesus, there is no way a person will be saved by faith in him. That we grow in knowing Jesus more and more, according to verse 13, we attain the unity of the faith. Oh, Not that we do not have secondary disagreements and all the things that we love to quarrel about. But of the faith, we hold on to it. Salvation is by faith alone, through Christ alone, and in him alone. And we know that through the gospel alone. And then verse 13, why did he give gift to the church? So that we know the Son of God together. Look at verse 13. We know the Son of God more fully. They are all linked. But it appears Paul is building up to a point. And verse 13, he tells us. So that we all mature together. And as I say these things, I don't please shift from thinking yourself individually alone. Think of us as a community. He gave gifts to the church so that as we, as we administer it, as we use it, the whole body matures into true humanity. Verse 13, I would read this part. Until we all attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The EAV says that the reason he gave gifts to you and to me and to every member of his church is so that we attain to the full measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. It will be painful if you miss this. The reason the Lord Jesus Christ has given us gifts and every Christian has it is so that every Christian will use it and in using it, every Christian within the body begins to be transformed. Transformation is collective. It is community. It's in the body. Yes, you will be transformed as an individual person. Oh, but you've got to think of the community. You've got to think of us together. That is how we are changed. And that is why we cannot rejoice when a brother or a sister falls off. for whatever reason, falls into sin. Because we've got to grow together. We are in one body. So what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. Christ called us together so we united to each other in Christ, we will as one body grow to become what we are. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Why did Christ give diverse gifts to the church? Look at verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. My brothers and sisters, have I oversaid it? If I'm oversaying it, it's because Paul is oversaying it in Ephesians. If there is anything like oversaying it here, we are to grow together. There is a need for tools, means. Those are gifts. They are means to an end. That we become like Christ. The question is this what role should we then play as individuals? Yes, he's giving us gifts. Yes, we are transformed together. We look out for one another, we build each other up. The teens are helping each other to grow when they go to teens church. We are also trying to find our way together, teens, kids, we are this one body. Yes, that is true. But what really are the roles? That we have, each of us, to play. And I'm going to sum up, as Paul does, I believe, all of our roles into one word. That word is love. Look at verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love. Verse 16. Each part does its work as the body builds itself up in love. Whatever gift God has given you, two things. It is for the building of the body and you exercise that in love. The gift he has given us for the transformation of the body will only have its efficiency if you like. It will be doing its work when it is done in love. And that is why I cannot make the gift about me. It is supposed to be exercised in the atmosphere of loving neighbor, loving one another, as difficult as that may be sometimes. If that is the case, if that is the case, how must we practically act? Look at chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. Ephesians 4, 2 to 3. He says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So he's explaining to us that the love he's talking about is not just the sentimental, hot feeling that we have for one another. It is a very practical thing so that when we come together, we are acting towards each other before, because we love each other in humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, exercising what God has given us in love with such humility and patient with one another because none of us has been perfected yet. And we are doing everything to keep the unity that we have been given in Christ by the spirits. That is how we act towards each other in love. We lovingly move towards each other because we know that our transformation, my transformation, is linked with Pamela's transformation. And so I have to act towards her by the grace of God with the help of the Holy Spirit in humility, patience, and bearing with every weakness that I think I see in him. And that is hard. We need the grace of God to do that. We are holy together and we are unholy together. It is love. But before I finish, let me ask you this question. Where do you think that we had this idea of love from? Where do you think this idea of love is coming from? Is Paul just talking about try hard and love each other and keep the unity so that even if something is going wrong, you don't say. That's not what he's talking about. Where did this idea of love actually came from? It came from Ephesians 4. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. He says this is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except he also descended to the lower earthly regions? Paul is quoting a portion of scripture. He's quoting from the Psalms. Psalm 68. And he's saying that this is what happens in the ancient days. When a king goes somewhere and you conquer another place, you come in a triumphant procession, right? And you enter the city. And all the things that you have gathered from the nation that you conquered follow you. And then you ascend your throne, wherever the city is. It's like going to the United States, Washington, D.C., when you see it on TV. I've seen it on TV. And the capital sits up there, and you look so small. Assuming that is where, not White House, assuming the capital is where the king sits, the king ascends that throne, all the stairs leading up there. And then the people are gathered. And then the king begins to share the gifts from the spoil of conquering the other army. Paul is saying that Christ, when he came to the lower regions, he conquered death, the enemy. He descended to the earthly, even beyond earthly. He was buried. He died. And by that, he conquered. And when he had conquered, he was raised from the dead, and he ascended And he got onto his throne. And when he got onto his throne, he then distributed gifts to his church. And Christ did that because of his love. Because of God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so when Paul puts in this quotation, he is reminding us that by God's love in Jesus... He descended for the sake of the church, for the sake of you. And he conquered death on your behalf and forgave you your sin and defeated sin and death. And he was raised from the dead and then he moved in triumphant procession and Christ ascended his throne and by love he gave gifts. If that is the case, then in living with one another who have become the body of Christ, we have no choice but to act in love towards one another because that is how Christ acted and acts and we are the body of Christ and so my friends my simple message as I finish the series on how to change is this You cannot, should not, aim at being transformed in isolation by yourself. As for me, I get up and I read my Bible and I have my quiet time. And getting together with other Christians is very painful. They create problems for you. People hate people in the church. That is a fact. We have to live with it until Christ returns and we are transformed. It's not unique to you. It's not unique to me. We hate one another, yet there is no place like the church. (laughs) And he has brought us together so that in all the imperfections, as we apply the gifts that he's given to each other, somehow, you may not notice it, you are helping me to become a lot more patient, more like Christ. Maybe I'm helping you to become, I don't know, the way that I help you by my weaknesses but we in Christ together are being transformed and the way that can happen is when we move towards each other in love in gospel love this is what Christ is this is what he has done so don't walk alone it is better than Liverpool don't walk alone seriously. Look at the other brother. He annoys me. I agree. I didn't say prop annoys me. You don't annoy me. And yet it is sinking into my soul that if I am going to become more like Christ, it is not without you. It is with you. And it is with you because Christ himself who died, who descended to the lower regions and ascended has made it so. And that is why he's giving us gifts. That through those gifts, we minister to each other in love that we become like Him for His glory. Let's pray. Just take a moment and I'm not sure what you heard. And whatever you heard, would you please talk to the Lord either in praise of Him or asking Him for help in some shape or form. Father we are asking that you by your Holy Spirit will bring better clarity to your word for us as people look at this passage again I pray that God the Holy Spirit will throw the light of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ on this text that we will rejoice in it for it we're asking for grace that we'll be able to be who we are in Christ, in community. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.